That was a great children's message. I like green plants, and I'm fairly successful in keeping them alive in my home. I tend to them. I cut off the brown leaves, give, give the plant water, like give my African violet some food for the flowers, and sometimes I repot them as needed. I imagine many of you have plants inside and outside of your homes. You may have a garden. Some of you may have been farmers or are at the present time. You tended your crops. Sometimes we inherit a plant or take clippings from a friend's plant. Plants and crops need time to grow. This exchange between Jesus and chief priests and elders is set in Jerusalem near the end of Jesus' ministry. This final section of the gospel, before the passion narrative, gazes stereo-optically at Jesus' own life and ministry and at the church that will carry on his witness to God's reign after Jesus' approaching passion, death, and resurrection. Now we hear stories throughout the New Testament about Jesus' collision with the Jerusalem leadership. And the arguments between them were most often not about religious practices, but about the temple leaders' collusion with exploitative economic and social policies of the Roman Empire, and later over different ways of negotiating life under that empire in the church. Jesus asks in this parable, after the people have been killed, now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? The answer is obvious, and the tenants offer it. He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. Whether the answer is given in a gloating voice or as a lament in fear and trembling depends on where those listening can see themselves, where we can see ourselves in the story, and therein lays the catch. The chief priests and the elders probably see themselves in the role of the landowner caught in his own merciful response to those in his charge. They would be actually able to own land and to have others manage it for them while they were busy with their administrative tasks in Jerusalem. They would see the servants as their subordinates and themselves as the real victims of the unscrupulous tenants And they would be ready and even eager to pronounce judgment on them. So Jesus refocuses the discussion by asking, Have you ever read in the scriptures, The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is amazing in our eyes. 
This anticipates the contrast between what God values and what the Jewish leadership values. The issue is no longer the old vineyard, but rather a totally new structure of which Jesus himself is the cornerstone. That that scripture is God's reign or empire, that structure, excuse me, that structure is God's reign or empire, which Jesus has proclaiming from the very beginning of his ministry and which the church will continue to proclaim in Jesus' name. Now, here is what's really unsettling. The focus is on the futility of debates about the maintenance of programs, the institutions of this day, even God's relationship is turned around, so it's new to us. The problem isn't the vineyard, but those who are responsible for tending it, those in charge. This was also the problem with the temple. The institution itself was based on scripture, which is why Matthew wanted to avoid any suggestion It is something of lesser value, just made with human hands. The claim is to the leadership of Israel and its religious tradition. So what is declared is that now a people replaces Israel's leaders and carries responsibility for enabling Israel to bear fruit. It is not a new group of leaders for a community, the church, which is making this claim, but it will now hold the keys of the kingdom. It will now carry responsibility for tending the vineyard. The community of Christ will do this. This is a new head of the corner. The rejected stone and its people will assume leadership. The church is a community and as a community carries the mandate of nurturing and caring for the vineyard. It is another way of defining the church's identity in terms of love. It is also a pattern of uh, thought open to the way that history repeats itself all too often in the church. We often get stuck. What does it mean for us today to be tenants in the vineyard? Where you work, how you live, how you serve, how you share community, fellowship with one another here. How do you embrace responsibilities that stretch us and move us into uncertain waters? How do we tend to something that's beyond our control? Take a look at the reality around us. Cancer, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, mental health challenges, guns, 
devastating hurricanes, tornadoes, the increased loss of habitation for many species and animals. How do you and I tend church fellowship? Is it the same old, same old? What about reaching out in some new ways, using our imaginations to create something new, perhaps never tried? What about going outside our comfort zones and engaging in a discussion on an uncomfortable topic? What's your gut instinct? Is it just to stay as you are? Or is there an opportunity to tend in new ways? I think too often we are like the landowners who wish to receive more credit for our labor as if we own the land. But God has entrusted the kingdom of God to our tending. What we do, who we are, is not for the sake of ourselves, but for the sake of something that's beyond ourselves. Tending to the presence and potential of the kingdom of God is not just about tending this vineyard, but tending something that is beyond our control. We have no idea what the yield will be. The unsettling question of it all is, what will we do with it? God calls us to attending that is merciful and kind. God needs us to become new people once more. And each day, as I said with baptism, we are given new opportunities. We wish the bad things that happened would go away. We catch ourselves thinking more highly of ourselves. But the bottom line is, God has given us this responsibility, this gift. We must take care of what God has given us. How we do that is between us and our relationship with God with our relationship as the community of believers that happen to be Presbyterian within this community, this church called Old Stone. So how will you tend, nurture, and care for all that God has given? Let us pray. God of love and grace, help us to continue growing in your ways that support and tend to others. Guide us to be strong in our witness as your people, and don't give up on us. Amen.